we're the Steam Bomb Boys. I'm Michaela. And I am not. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for all your messages about last week's episode. We're loving doing something a little bit different. A bit early for the self-praise there, David. Well, if you're not going to do it yourself, who's going to? Ain't that the truth. Okay, while you sit and reflect on that, let's get on with the episode. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you know what I love about this program, Michael, is we're talking about murder, yet it starts off with breakfast. A very nice, gentle Scottish breakfast. They're all wearing hats like it's very cold. Yeah, I was wondering, do you think cost of living crisis, they're not heating properly? Because some of them are wearing massive coats as well. (laughs) They are indeed. There's also so many of them coming into that room for breakfast. So obviously, if you haven't watched this show before, the concept is they all walk in for breakfast and one of them doesn't come in for breakfast and that person has been quote-unquote, murdered. And when you say all walk into breakfast, it is the population of America that is is walking into breakfast. I believe there are 22 of them over there, (laughs) yes. And it takes a long time. At one point, one of them was like, there's six to come. And I was like, still? How? We've been watching this for half an hour. So when they were, it always whittles down to the last ones. And also, you know, because you've seen the thing before, you know who the traitors are going for ballpark. Mm -hmm. So you're waiting for those last ones. So it was Brandy, Kate or Reza. Yes, because they were a little gang. Sure. Brandy came in quite early and then avoided eating all those very sad looking pan raisins from the local corner shop. It wasn't because they were sad. It's because she was so nervous about her friends. That's not true. Um, I liked it when Brandy said that she takes things really hard. (laughs) Uh, it made me feel like I could relate to Brandy. I missed that bit. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> so then, Kate, no, Kate, Jane, was it? I can't do the names at the moment. Kate, Kate was the other person then came in. Kate, so so the, it got down to the final two and it was either going to be Kate or Reza that came yes, in. Yeah. Um, and Cody, who is one of the traitors, looked so suspicious, wearing a very lovely jumper, I must say. It really showed off his biceps. Um, but he is one of the traitors and he couldn't look more suspicious if he tried. Like his <laughs> eyes have gone black. But there's so many people at that stage. I wonder how many people are really clocking other people. I would be looking at nobody else other than Cody. Not because of the traitor (laughs) thing, but just because there's a lovely way his jumper graces his bicep. I mean, everything about Cody is lovely. It's very nice, isn't it? Anyway, um, Reza didn't come in because Reza was dead. Because Reza was annoying, did you say? No, Reza was dead. Oh yeah, and he was annoying. Because he was annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you're going to pick, like if you're going to pick Brandy, Kate and Reza. Yeah. There's two people that are iconic there. One that's a little bit annoying. Let's get rid of that one first. It was very strange, though. Like, this is, this is an interesting thing because it's different from what the UK traitors sort of did, was they seem to be eliminating threats. Yeah. Like, those are the three biggest personalities. So, therefore, those three biggest personalities are going to be suspected of being traitors, yet they chose to eliminate one of the potential suspects. Like, it didn't... 
makes sense to me. Yeah, to me, it felt like people would go after Reza at some point because he's very loud and brash. Right. It seemed, yeah, a bit obvious to get rid of him first. But I did love, they did a quick flashback to Reza discovering that he'd been eliminated. And they like gave us a little bit of like his speculation of like who he thought the, the traitors were. Which I, I really, I liked seeing that because obviously they don't know who's murdered them. Yeah. So he thinks it was Michael, um, the one who sounds like Heidi N. Closet um, from, from the South. Is that what they say? Is that, no, that, was, that was London. The, what is South? Oh, you're good at American accents, David. What do Southern people sound mm. like? They say y'all all the time. That's they all do I can say remember. y'all. I mean, he did say something later on, which I really enjoyed, which I wrote down. He went, yes, honey, I'm wanting to get you gone. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was good. And that was a jump cut to the end of the episode, though. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, with Reza, he did have his speculation. He also came up with the very clear um, thing that he said, I was murdered because I am a threat. Go figure, Reza. Well, Why else would they get rid of you? Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason they would eliminate you. That, yeah. that is sort of the name of the game. Thank you for joining. You are a genius. Well done. <laughs> You've got lots of camera time for, for first out, though. Um, as soon as they finished breakfast, Christian was going... St- Christian, the second traitor of the three. It's Cody, Christian, and uh, Suri, who I'm obsessed with. We'll yeah, come back to too. her. Christian just immediately going on the attack. Like aggressively on the attack, like you need to get rid of that. You need to get rid of Michael. You need to get rid of Michael. You need to get rid of Michael. And he really ruffled feathers, didn't he? It's such a strange thing because you'd have thought, as traitors, one thing you're going to do slightly more than others is just slit, sit back a little bit, slip back a bit, slip back a bit. Yeah. There's so many people there. There's going to be so many people looking at everyone else and making accusations. You do not need to be that person. No. Christian is a bad The person you need to be is Siri, who's just like listening back. Hey, Siri. Sorry, I just wanted to do that to ruin everyone's um, little little Apple Macs over there nearby. But is it Siri or Siri? Siri? Let's say Siri now. It's Siri. Hey, Siri. Um, Hey, uh... (laughs) Siri. Was that Alex's computer? That was Alex not muting his WhatsApps, but it would have been lovely. It was Siri. This is everyone. Title of Ep. Hey Siri. <laughs> Michael is laughing, and this is everyone at home now being very annoyed. <laughs> um, but she is playing the game so well because she she throws something into the mix, but she kind of settles. She listens I'm and yes, Siri. That's enough. For more info, check the home app. Right, let's change her name. Hang on, wait. I'll say it again. She's brilliant because she throws like one sentence into the mix, but she doesn't really like engage too much so she kind of gets the temperature of her room and then just like lobs in a little grenade and then watches it burn i do worry for her because she does have two traitors christian who is just rubbish but then also cody who's hot but also like they've said before he right from the start people looking at him just because of the tv show he'd been on yeah and And his arms and his arms and his arms and And his black eyes yeah he could murder (laughs) so i do think she is kind of she's probably already looking to a little bit in the future thinking i might be the only traitor yeah, true, true. There was lots of talk. Um, they were in like the living room area with lit candles during the day, height of decadence, um, talking about peacocks. They all seemed quite alarmed by the concept of a peacock. Yeah, do, do they have peacocks in America? Maybe they don't, actually. Because I grew up around peacocks, but I'm not sure whether that's like a very middle class thing you to say. You grew up around peacocks, Michael. <laughs> well, do, you, do you mean like literally in your living room or in your, in in your my paddock? Own, in my, in my, I didn't, I didn't have a paddock, please. Down, if you went down to the local palace... <laughs> I, I I grew up in Scotland, okay? So there were castles everywhere. Basically, this castle is Michael's house. The, I, they're, they're, they're actually, actually just renting Michael's I'm upstairs. house. I'm upstairs. Um, we had a, a local palace called Schoon Palace where all the kings and queens of Scotland were crowned until 
England fucked it, basically. Um, colonialism, all that shit. But is it colonialism when they invaded Scotland? I mean, it's like a precursor to it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, sure. Um, but the palace down there had loads of peacocks, and they they make like really like, distinctive noises. Did they have one of the white peacocks? They did have a white peacock. They're it sounds like special. we're talking about just cocks. Yeah. Um, but the, the peacocks go like, yeah, yeah, like that. You heard a peacock before? Mm, no. Well, now you have. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also obsessed with Geraldine. So Geraldine, this episode was being like, she was under attack from everybody. And they kept jump cutting to Geraldine, like in the diary room being like, I'm really good with people. <laughs> I, I really, I'm really good at getting them on side. They really trust me. And then the jump cut people being like, it's her. She's shifty. She's awful. And then I mean, during the pe- task, she was like, I'm a really good leader. And then they lost because of her. But people weren't just saying like, oh, it's her because she's shifty. People were literally just going to say, you're voting Geraldine, right? You're voting Geraldine, aren't you? Yep, you're voting Geraldine. It was a very aggressive. Onto the task. Michael, question. Would you volunteer at the start of a task? Never. No, it's always going to be something bad. Well, I think Kate thought it was a good thing uh, later on, but Kate was famously just hating playing any games. Um, she's like Gemma Collins on Celebrity Big Brother. She was like, I'm all game that. She was very that. That was a very niche reference for many who might not get it. But I thought this task was good. Like I loved, I think this task came later when it was on the UK season, but I love the concept of the hide and seek game, but the people that you find at the end of the hide and seek game are buried alive waiting for you. Yeah, and the fact that once you've found them, you still have to dig them out. Like yeah. they're already tired by like getting to the place and they would probably think oh we've just got to like lift a lid and they're out no they've got to dig them out i think it would either be my idea of hell being like buried underground or like i just have a little sleep i think more the little sleep i'm not claustrophobic when i was a kid if i was scared i would like to kind of like bury down into a small space but it is a little bit (laughs) (laughs) nothing not much has changed has it no but it is famously small as well (laughs) (laughs) to be in a coffin and have the dirt hitting the lid and like knowing that you've been buried that might have changed things for me well if, to avoid the dirt hitting the lid david is what you do to make a cradle out of the paper uh, <laughs> and you catch it in your hand <laughs> i loved kate complaining the entire way around so she was wearing like leather leggings she had f- black sunglasses on kate's from from below deck which i've never watched before i will be watching it now um, but she was complaining about having to run around she said that she was she was furious that she wasn't buried alive because that would have been easy she kept shouting that she didn't like to be rushed despite it being against the clock and then finally when they were digging she was like digging is not my strong suit and i'm proud of that <laughs> I mean, she is definitely the most iconic person in the show so I, far. If she doesn't make it to the end, I'm going to be livid because I want her to be on my screen at all times. She has proven something for me because she is the epitome of stylish. And yeah. yet I've realised that anyone wearing leather trousers like, or le- like plasticky, like, pleathery things. Yeah, leggings. Like, you need to pull them up high right into your crotch. Otherwise, they look a bit saggy. And It was giving saggy gusset, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was saggy gusset. That's Sag- probably what she was worried about. Saggy gusset city. Yeah, not not pleasant. Uh, during, the, um, during the challenge, while they're all running around like playing hide and seek, following these like really complex clues and stuff, you had Michael, who consistently trying to get Geraldine eliminated to the point that he... So was it Kate that he threatened? Yes, threatened He was her. like, if you don't eliminate Michael, I'm going to eliminate you. And it was... Well, number one, you do not have anywhere near the clout that Kate does. <laughs> Number two, she's already crossed because she's having to run somewhere. Now is not the moment. And you're not going to look at all suspicious by doing that, Michael. No, he looked like a bit of Betty. It wasn't working for me. I like the way that we had someone who just popped up into the show who I hadn't seen the week before. Oh yes, Angelica. Angelica, welcome Angelica. <laughs> she started talking. Like it was like 40 minutes into the episode and I was like, 
Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> Have you been here the you whole time? Like, Hopefully that means that she's one of the key players. Because I actually quite like her. Yeah, she seemed... Did she, did she have red glasses? I think she had red glasses. Yes, I wrote down red glasses. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think... I think she probably will get further on because we've not seen much of her, which leads me to worry for Kate and Brandy, but we'll get to that later. After the task, so they got all but two of the people out of the coffins, yeah, and so they didn't quite, raise all the money. It was quite down to the time, wasn't it? It was down to the time. I think on the UK version, they all managed to get out, but in the US version, they were like literally seconds off getting the final players out. And they didn't quite manage. Although Michael did hit Brandy in the leg with a spade, which was a lovely moment. <laughs> did you notice? No, I didn't notice that. She was absolutely livid. Michael said, I'm going to need some help to pull this thing off and then whacked her in the shin with a shovel. And she was absolutely fuming. And when, later on in the, in the episode, when they were like talking about who they're going to, nominate she was like he did this to me <laughs> pointing at her leg <laughs> they don't seem very physical people i mean there's a couple there's a swimmer sure and there's cody sure um but the rest of them don't seem that oh, i mean just when think we're... about cody's <laughs> being physical isn't that nice yeah it is glistening chopping some wood with bulging biceps you can chop no i'm not gonna make that comment no <laughs> i'll let you finish that sentence <laughs> But yeah, they were as they were running around, they were really ambling. They were hardly sprinting from place to place. Yeah, but they're all and wearing then... heels, David. <laughs> they're, they're all wearing heels having to run around the woods, so they're having a horrible time. Yeah, exactly, that's my point. They're not I worry about the next challenges, basically. They're not very physical. Worry? I look forward to it. This is the highest of camp. I'm having a wonderful and some time. Someone needs to wear some trainers just for once. It's really interesting, isn't it, though? Because they're all very much using the tasks to be like, whether you're strong or weak in the competition. Everyone seems to think the traitors are going to use whether they're strong or weak in the tasks, as in, are they going to get us money or are they not? Yeah. They, everyone seems to think the traitors are using that to decide who to murder because the traitors want the money. But actually, the traitors are just like, well... Who's really iconic? I'll eliminate them. Oh, yeah. Or the traders be thinking, who's a, who's a danger for me because they've said my name once right. or something. Right. It's really interesting. I've got a question for you, Michael. This one is interesting because there are the celebrities and the non-celebrities. Now, but for us, we don't know who any of them are. No, exactly. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, where they're winning, is it a quarter of a million dollars? Yeah. For some of the people, for the, some of these programs are quite big celebrity programs and they're probably quite well-known people in America. Is that really a big enough prize? Yeah, but it's allowed to get a fee as well, surely. That's why I was wondering, because like, in the UK we have, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And it always comes out in the papers that celebrities to go on there, get a fee. And some of them get more fees than others, depending mm. on how important they are. Mm. Some of these celebrities, Brandy, she is iconic. She will not have gone on that programme for the chance of possibly winning a quarter of a million dollars. No, it was pennies to her, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I haven't thought about that, actually. Yes, good point. It's not really a question, more of a statement, but I do agree with it. Yes, you're yeah. right. <laughs> so they, they moved on to the round table where they had to vote to banish and it was intense. Do you know what? It would be intense anyway because it's quite crowded. Yeah, very, they're very shoulder to shoulder, aren't yes, they? Fa yeah. There's famously the entire population of the US there. I didn't like that Michael, when they all kind of called Michael out on his bad behaviour, he was like, I'm awkward, I have anxiety. It's like, well, that's not... It's not the anxiety that's making you act like a dickhead. No, him. exactly. It may be the fact that you act like a dickhead, really. I was surprised that he, he managed to stay, though. 11 votes to 8, Geraldine was eliminated. Geraldine or G? G. Or the G spot? The G spot. <laughs> the G spot. What? How come so many of them just wrote G without knowing, like... It's quite a long, quite a long word. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Quite a long word. It was very tense, but it felt like it was definitely going to go one of those two ways, and it did. I mean, the first couple of eliminations are going to be a bit like this until it gets a bit more personal. But the best bit was when she revealed she was faithful and everyone was like, oh my God. And then Alan just went, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what are you still standing for here, G? Get out of here. Cody was the first person 
to speak. You know when they do that discussion bit? I think that's quite dangerous. I reckon it was prompted by a producer. Uh, maybe because usually the first one that speaks, it's putting you out there. Because in this first one, it's down to two people. Everyone just jumps on a bandwagon. So mm. you kind of want to sit back a little bit. Yeah, I think I reckon he was told to start. Basically, if no one spoke, they'd be sat there in silence for hours. That would have been quite funny though, just all looking shiftily at each other. (laughs) And they would not have sat there for hours. Michael would have definitely said something. (laughs) That was when he said, yes, honey, I'm wanting to get you gone. (laughs) What must he be thinking now? Because surely he'll be thinking, okay, great, we've got Geraldine. Shit, she wasn't a traitor. I'm now dead. Come on. I was also a bit disappointed at the end of this episode because I was like, well, Michael's going to be gone next step. Either he's going to be murdered overnight or Michael will be banished next time. I think he'll be banished next time. There's and no I like way him, out. Because I like his accent. I like his chaos. He is, he is a king of chaos, but he's also a bitter Betty. Let's get straight onto the taste test. Very assertive of you, David. You're firing through things this week. Have you got places to be? No, I just want to get to the inbox because it's my favourite bit of each week. Very nice save, David. Well, after last week's controversial chocolate avocado fiasco, we're going back to taste tests that have been sent in. And this one has come from Ben, who is dairy-free, and they pour apple juice on their cereal instead of milk. Hmm, interesting. You know the drill. Is this okay? Or should Ben go to jail without passing go or collecting £200? 
this sounds like quite concerning. Do the police know about this? Well, the it's statute of limitations. <laughs> it's whippy. It's whippy. <laughs> yeah, we don't actually know what's being put in there. Hopefully it was all really good stuff and now you want to join us. How much does it cost, David? It costs about the same price as a cup of coffee each month. Just have one less coffee and have loads of extra content over at patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys. Mm. <sighs> <sighs> Okay, so apple juice on your cocoa pops. <laughs> on cocoa pops. Well, that's cereal, isn't it? Oh, that's. I mean, that's taken it. It was already bad. Apple juice on cocoa pops. And Do no. they have cocoa pops in America? That little monkey. Uh, cocoa. I'd rather have... have a bowl of cocoa pops. What's the one that they always have there? That's rainbow something. Rainbow pop tarts. No. No it's rainbow. Called... I mean, American cereal is just like a bowl of sugar. With apple juice on it, if you're called Ben. So thoughts on apple juice on cereal? No, if I was going to go dairy-free, I would go for a plant-based milk. Yeah, not... I can't... I'm going to have to... It's the first one of the year, to jail. To jail, I'm yeah. afraid that's a direct jail. I once had a friend that instead of having cereal... You she once had a chopped, friend, that's cute. She chopped up carrot, then put grated cheese on top, and then poured milk on that. Carrot, cheese, and milk. So it's kind of the opposite. Instead of having apple juice on cereal, she did apple as the cereal, then poured milk on. But where's the carrot come from? Did I say carrot? I heard carrot. Did you say carrot? Oh, let me go from the start. What was it? No, don't go for this. We're not oh, cutting grated, this out. No, grated cheese on top. You said carrot, then grated cheese, and poured milk on top. Oh, no, it was just chunks of apple then, not chunks of carrot. Do you know what? We're just going to move on from this, David, because I'm not sure what's going on with you. Definitely uh, Let's dive straight into the inbox. The first person is Jeff. And they say, hey, cuties, which I think means me and Alex. Um, first of all, love you both. Again, me and Alex. Uh, you were a joy to watch on your season. Just me. And this podcast <laughs> is amazing. Uh, the tea you spill is scalding. And I can't thank you enough for making my week sweet and sticky. I'm sweet. It's definitely you. You're sticky. <laughs> Secondly, um, I've always wanted to apply for the Great American Bake Off, but I'm not sure if I have a diverse enough baking repertoire. I think I've baked at least the major disciplines, but I could just be delusional. Do you have any tips on how to diversify the baker's portfolio in order to be somewhat prepared for the show? You two did so well in your season, and it would only be appropriate to ask the experts. Any tips you can give the dolls would be appreciated. Well, we are the experts. You are right, Jeff. <laughs> I would say you're going at it the wrong way. I think a lot of people think when they're applying for something like Bake Off, it's all about, oh, my baking. What about my baking? I remember in... Just work on your personality, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, work on your personality, Jeff. Get a bit more zingy. I remember going to my audition, one of the very first ones, and there was a woman sitting there with this most stunning, amazing cake she'd brought in. But she just didn't give anything to anyone there. She was like quiet, nervous. It's like, it's a TV show. Like, it's not just about the baking. Yeah, so definitely work on your personality. Make sure you've got, like, you're being fun and friendly. And, like, a part of the audition process, you have, you have to bake for people. And when you're doing that, I think it's important to show your personality rather than... It doesn't really matter what your end product is. It's more about how you get there. I would also say, though, on the baking repertoire thing is, like, make sure you've got, like, a couple of bakes from each week under your belt. Mm. Like, a good practice perhaps might be to bake along with the series one year. So... In cake week, make a couple of cakes. In bread, we make a couple of breads. Make a couple of biscuits. Make a couple of this. Make a couple of that. So that you kind of broadened your broadened your horizons. Yeah, as it were. they're not looking for experts and everything. In fact, they want people who are to brilliant fail. at cakes and biscuits, and then may have really really struggle with pastry. Just say Amelia. <laughs> um, <laughs> the next person is David. Did you write this one in? Well, let's see. I don't um, think it's me. If you were a traitor, how would you play the game? Ooh. That's a really good one. I mean, part of it is definitely bouncing off other people, isn't it? Like seeing how, read the room. I don't think, you. I think you've got to be down the middle. You cannot be one of those people that straight away goes and accuses everyone else. 
but at the same time don't try and be a wallflower mm. wallflower wallpaper yeah no wallflower was right i think i i was just thinking then because i think if i was to play this game i'd find it very stressful like i found bacon stressful enough and we were all on the same team like i think i would find it really intense and i think i would struggle quite a lot with it i would almost find it easier if i was a traitor because at least i would kind of know a bit i'd have a bit more control so if i was a traitor i think i'd be a bit better than if i was faithful and i think my game plan would be to be kind of like to, to be nervous like i think i would want to be nervous in front of people so yeah. that they wouldn't see me as like someone who might be kicking people off it might be someone who's like struggling with the whole concept and idea of it but it just depends who you're with really doesn't it don't i would say don't make don't be christian con- tr- strong connections with just one or two other people as well because if you because then if people start going after them they're gonna start thinking of you as well so it's kind of just be friends with kind of everybody mm. kind of oh, i don't know if I don't, I don't know if i agree because the reason that some people will get to the end is because they've got connections and they've got alliances but then they've just been lucky to get the right ones i would wait to form alliances till later but in yeah. the early weeks and the early stages i would just be stressed with everybody else i think that's the best way to go i would not do what christian does and i would maybe well i got distracted thinking about cody then sorry <laughs> i was actually thinking what he does but he's not really doing anything he's just beautiful he is just beautiful uh, the next person is jenny jenny says hi boys hope you're both well hope you might be able to give me a pointer on where i'm going wrong with cream cheese frosting i tried following your pal paul hollywood's recipe thoughts on that our pal right <laughs> for red velvet cake and i tried making the frosting twice but both times it just didn't thicken up can oh. we send Jenny to jail for making a red velvet cake and following Paul Hollywood's recipe? Yeah, and also it's not Paul Hollywood's recipe. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's somebody that Paul Hollywood wants news recipe. So she can't make it thicker. That's the problem. It's not thickening up. She tried whipping the cream separately, but to no avail. Any advice? The problem is, not a problem, a, a concern I have with cream cheese is you just don't, don't want to beat it too hard. No, it's true. Don't beat it too hard. No. That comes from Michael. Like a soft wrist action. Yeah. Like kind of, you want it, you want it to be kind of like just falling over itself, but just not beaten within an inch of its life. My, whenever I've had issues, it's always been about temperature. It's always been when in general, <laughs> yeah, in everything. Whenever I feel cold, <laughs> horrible issues. If the cream cheese, if you've got different temperatures between your constituent parts, or if it's just too cold in general, I think it doesn't work. Otherwise, yeah, just beat it. I would put, I would make the icing and put the cream cheese in last, and just stir the cream cheese in. Don't beat it. It's a funny one because it's quite thick, isn't it, cream cheese? And it's weird how if you beat it at the wrong time, it, everything goes to liquid. How does that even happen? Basically, my advice for Jenny is follow a different recipe. Don't go to Paul Hollywood. And don't ever. make red velvet cake. It's no. the worst of all of them. But cream cheese icing on a carrot cake, yes, sure. Final person is from Steph. Hey, gang. That's probably inclusive of you, actually. I don't think you get gangs of two people. So that must be three people. So the gang includes Alex. That's nice. Nice for you to be included. Quietly. Don't say anything, please. (laughs) We have to pay you more if he's included. (laughs) Love the pod, obviously. Michael probably won't read this bit out, though. Ha. So there, Steph. I will. I've been on a bit of a gender journey and have recently realised I don't think I fit the pronouns I've been using for 20 years or so now. I want to start using they, them pronouns, but I don't quite know where to start any advice you have would be appreciated now this is interesting i was thinking about this that's so weird i was thinking about this the other day Mm. for anyone that is trying to change their pronouns how do you make that decision and how do you start doing it that is a tough thing right not only even because obviously we see in the news all the time about these horrible bigots that just refuse to do it but actually even with your friends and with your colleagues it's a difficult step to take Uh, i changed mine I not changed mine, but I kind of like broadened mine like half a year ago. 
So I use both he's and they's now. And I use them very interchangeably. Like I quite like using both. They make me feel quite comfortable. I like people using they. Just because I think through my other podcast called Menkind, which you're welcome to listen to on all good streaming platforms. I kind of learned about what being a man was. And it didn't necessarily fit like... Someone described it on the podcast as like gender being a jacket that you put on and whether that jacket fits you or not. And for me, like one half of it fits, but some of it I don't necessarily identify with. So I kind of started to play with my pronouns a bit. And like I did it very slowly where like I just changed them on my social media for a bit. And then I told a couple of friends they tried it out. It fit. It felt quite nice. And then I just basically I changed it on all of my signatures on my emails and changed it on my social medias. And then told a couple of close friends and it just kind of spiraled from there but I don't think I think it's quite hard to tell anybody exactly there's a nest like there's a reason for it and for me people calling me he him he him is still fine so it doesn't really bother me so I don't feel the need to kind of talk about it loads but when you are shifting completely to they them pronouns it's a bigger transition right yeah and it depends on how you feel like you say you said you're trying to shift people's ideas of how they refer to you yeah but you you're not offended if they say he him no if someone really doesn't you know if that makes them feel bad when people say that it's really different. then it's they're gonna want that big shift and that's really hard because it is a, ni- a nice way to do it now is i think it's brilliant that people put their pronouns on their names on mm-hmm. social media or on linkedin or all those kind of things linkedin's not social media but sure I you there, that- David. <laughs> when they write letters but uh by carrier pigeon yeah. i like to put my, my signature <laughs> with my pronouns in there but it is harder if you're wanting to change it fully i also i don't really like pronouns i for a while lived in malawi and in the language there there are no pronouns it's just the word that would refer to someone is just a single word Mm. it's for he she they he like all of it just one word so i really get frustrated when people say like oh how would we manage without pronouns there's loads of languages in the world that do not use pronouns in the language that we have currently there are pronouns yeah, but then you could. The other thing you could do, but obviously, it's just move to Malawi. Would no, but just to move to they them, you can just use they. You don't ever have to have the masculine and feminine pronoun. Mm-hmm. But obviously, that would be an edict from me as God of this country, which is never going to happen. <laughs> I also think they're like, it's a, a to answer the question on like earnestly. It's a very individual experience and like we are completely not the right people to tell you that i would reach out to other non-binary people i mean there's a brilliant book called in their shoes by jamie windust there's another book called none of the above by travis alabanza none of the above by travis alabanza is one of the books that kind of changed my whole perception of gender they are a brilliant playwright performer writer and just kind of speak to other non-binary people and try and learn their experiences and just take bits that fit for you and there's also no rush and with any kind of coming out you need to do it in the right time and the right space to make sure you're comfortable and supported you can do small steps don't think you have to jump out it could be a small rollout yeah and that's that for another week please 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 keep sending your questions thoughts and stories the inbox truly wouldn't be what it is without you yes please keep sending them in if you've been sitting on a story or on something else what else might they be sat on questions david sat on questions wash your mind out but now is your time please send them over to stickybunboys at gmail.com also remember we're always uploading extra bits and bobs over to our only fans at patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys so many plugs all those plugs it's like your secret draw david <laughs> we'll see you next week until then keep them sticky <laughs>
Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. We're very professional, David. In one breath. <laughs> We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.